This is Two and Two Missionaries, a podcast by missionaries for missionaries. We are your hosts, missionary Philip Daniel Fry and missionary Kenneth Charles Murphy. This podcast was designed to give you ideas, so let's get right into it. Alright, we want to welcome you to Two and Two Missionaries. My name is uh, Brother Philip Fry, missionary to Germany, and I'm joined, as always, by my true yoke fellow, Brother Kenny Murphy, from also the missionary to Germany. So, uh, hope you're doing well this morning. Doing great. How are you, brother? Well, you know, we're we're doing great. We're we we have uh, the, the we, we it's getting cooler here, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, we are going to talk today, um, something that's been dear to my heart because it's something that I've been obviously had a lot of contact with, a lot of experience personally, and that it's a practical advice for handling finances as a missionary. And, uh, you know, when we talk about finances, it's always kind of a difficult subject uh, in most areas in, in, in the world, especially here in Europe. Yet, I think most of the time people have a very good grasp of the Bible. They have a very good understanding of of um, of some work ethic. But when it comes to financial education, there is next to none. It's, that's kind of my experience uh, when talking to most people. And that's not just only true for, by the way, for missionaries, but that's true for for church members. I'm talking to our church members constantly about it because I see most people just never got an education about it. Well, I mean, it should also be uh, said that this was your background in the world, uh, that you've actually got degrees in finance and you've got a lot of experience in finance. I've had the pleasure of being around uh, some men of God uh, during missions uh, missions conferences. Uh, my father, obviously, is a business owner. Uh, he has his own businesses. And uh, so I was given some concepts of, of, of money uh, long before I ever had any possession of it. So uh, I think one of the things that's lacking in uh, some of the young missionaries and some of the people that are just starting in, in, in the ministry is uh, they have never really had any real uh, lessons and, and never had to uh, deal with finances and monies. And so I think it's very necessary for, for people to understand a concept of money and a practical uh, uh, advice for handling finances is something I think everyone could profit from. Uh, there's so many different angles uh, we could look at and go from with this. So I'm, I'm very, very excited to hear uh, what your take is on it today and hope, hope that our points will be a blessing to someone. When we're talking about, I think when we first start to come to a country or thinking about going to a country, whatever country that is, mm-hmm. the way I approach it is I really try to figure out what these people make on average. And I talk, mm-hmm. that means I talk to many people. I, I think a lot of times uh, probably a survey trip is misunderstood as, as someone, uh, something that you can kind of uh, make a couple of pictures to show off on a presentation in the States. Well, I think it really needs to come down to uh, where are you going to live? Uh, how much money do you need? Um, 
who are you going to reach and all that? And and I think one part is talking to people, t- talking to a veteran missionary, if, if one is there, not always the case. Uh, sometimes you just have to talk to someone else, but just to to get a grasp, what do these people make? And I think that's that should be probably the standard just for an American missionary or, or any missionary uh, there is. A median uh, income uh, for whatever country you're going to serve in should be taken into great consideration. And... Uh, and uh, our podcast is obviously from the perspective of Germany. I think the advice can pretty much be uh, put into any country, but a median income should be your target uh, for your goals uh, when you set out for deputation, what the Lord would have you to raise for support. You should have given some very pointed um, uh, inquiry and you should study that field and and learn what a median income is. Pray about it and ask God to give you a blessing. And it could be that the Lord lets you know in advance that you're going to need uh, finances for something that you had no idea that was going to come in the future. Um, but there should be some prayerful consideration. And by no means should one set out on deputation and try to uh, double what the median income of a country is. Uh, uh, just in case hard times come and just, uh, I don't, I don't want to forget it, but my father always told me that if you put aside for a rainy day, what you're asking, you're inviting rainy days is what you're doing. Uh, and you know, there's a biblical concept behind that, that, um, you know, if riches increase that there's going to be something that comes up and increases in order to, to take those riches away from you. So it's kind of a, 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 a we say in Germany, a Bauernregel, uh, it's something like a, a farmer's almanac. It's just common sense that if you always are putting to the side for a rainy day, you're inviting rainy days to come into your life. And we should be living by faith. And when we raise support for the mission field, we should look for a median income and pass that. We we can't control the circumstances that come in our life, but God certainly knew about those circumstances before it come up. So we should we should never get ourselves in a financial situation where we no longer have to depend on the Lord and look to God for our finances. That should be always God is in our finances, and and we should have a practical uh, uh, we should have a practical system uh, uh, in how we deal with our finances, and, and that's the way I look at it. And I've looked at uh, your life, Brother Fry, and. And I, uh, our listeners should know if they, if they haven't uh, heard already that uh, you are uh, a Swiss, a Swiss native, born in Switzerland. Uh, you're a missionary in Germany. Uh, you have you are not fully supported from the states, nor is this podcast uh, aimed in order to try to get you support. Uh, you have started uh, side businesses, uh, and I've watched you over the years create money for yourself in order to keep you in the ministry. And I, I just want to say that it's very, uh, it's very refreshing. And I think there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with it. And I think, and for that reason, I think the things that you have to say in the podcast would be a great blessing to anyone that's on, uh, that contemplated going to the mission field or for pastors or for pastors and how to uh, have wisdom when it comes to supporting missionaries and, and, you know, ask them, some tough questions at what percent are you and your at your support level and 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 start trying to put some real common sense 
some godly wisdom uh, com- combined with common sense back into our finances. Nowadays, and I get them. I, we, we obviously, our church that, that I started, we, we uh, support missions too. And, and we get them sometimes, these, these, these wish lists. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I, I obviously don't like it. And I think one way to, to avoid that is to, when you have a missionary that you are, thinking of deputizing, you have to talk about that stuff. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. Uh, right. We we come to a point where we're trying to be so spiritual that we're, that we're constantly leaving off common sense. And uh, that's what we try to do. And look, before we go into personal finances, I want to make the point that that's very important. I heard a lot of times that people say, I, support, I obviously raise support for myself and the church that I'm starting for all the equipment that church needs. My question for that is, why is the church not paying for it itself? Yeah. Because if you start a church, now let's let's just go back a couple of steps. You start in your living room, you get a couple of families together, and these families eventually say, "Hey, look, it's too, we can't have it here anymore. It's too 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 uh, too small. We would like to get something different. We would like to rent a building or buy a building. All right, let them do it." I don't understand why the missionary would pay for that. And so the first right. point I want to make is don't pay or don't finance the entire church. It goes to what we said a couple of weeks ago, indigenous church. If you want an indigenous church, train them from the beginning. To train a child in a way it should go, and when it is old, it will not depart from it. That also applies spiritually. If somebody, Mm -hmm. you lead the Lord, and you, from the beginning, you, you teach him, I'll take care of you. You don't have to do anything. You basically, uh, what you're doing is you create, um, yeah, you create a social welfare church where yeah. people feed off of you. And they, and at some point, you want to turn it around and say, "Hey, now I want you to t- take care of it yourself." And then these people look at you and say, "Why? I mean, you've exactly. always done it for us." So, so uh, I personally don't like when we constantly ask other churches to finance finance our church now um, how far would you go with this yeah that's a you know obviously that that question um is going to have many factors that uh, that that factor into the answer but the the idea is from the very beginning um uh, we've spoken about this and i've put it into practice um the the church should not uh, take on any responsibilities or have any functions that the church itself cannot pay for. You should teach the church to finance its own functions. Mm-hmm. And if the church is not able to finance that, uh, it's the indigenous <clears throat> nature. The national church needs to learn to be self-supporting, self-governing, and self-propagating. And if that church, if we are continuously doing that for the church, it's the same thing as the philosophy that I said that um, if I if I go around Germany starting small churches, and that's a blessing. I think a lot of people in, in America would be very happy to read prayer letters of me starting home uh, churches in different areas. And listen, we aim to do that. That is the aim of our uh, of our uh, 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 movement that we we've started here. But at the same time, if I do all of the work of starting churches. I'm 50 years old. At some point, I'm not able to go anymore. None of those churches have the knowledge or the experience to start a new church, uh, to start a local church. Same thing with the finances. If we finance everything for the local church, 
then what we've done is we've taken away the drive for them to understand how to handle their own finances. And, and that's something that we should be teaching our church. I tithe my, my tithe. I tithe into our local church so that everyone in our church sees I'm not asking them to do anything else than what I myself are doing for them and for our local church. So our church should take that that finances, those monies that we've uh, given unto the Lord, and they should be able to finance their local church and any functions that may arise from it. And if we try to go over and above that, uh, it's it's um, it's artificial. It's it's not real. It can't be replicated anywhere because we cannot uh, create a church and it be autonomous. That's the difference between an indigenous church and an autonomous church. An autonomous is a standalone church. They don't need American dollars in order to exist. And our church, brother, uh, is autonomous. It does not need any American dollars. It can it can it can live uh, on its own members, and that's the way it should be. Uh, that's the way the churches in America are. Who who has financed their churches? So whatever is good for the goose is good for the gander. And if we if we don't implement these things on the foreign field, then how will they ever learn? And and I believe that same concept. Um, now, anyone is welcome to correct me if if they've got more experience. But in some of the poorer countries and some of the poorer mission fields, uh, that church should not be given an example to live above their means. And if you do that, you destroy the economy of that of that nation of that church. And, and it's I think I think it's a universal concept that we're not to to live above our means and and everyone should get a hold of that concept absolutely I mean if uh, it, it sometimes it's easy for a person that make so much money like we do in the West and I'm talking about Europe and America and if you go to to Asian countries obviously you can buy a building with five thousand dollars it doesn't look a lot for us but the question is do they need it and then of course you say yes but say why don't they finance themselves everyone has to understand one thing and and that is really important and I'm going to give a practical example about uh, I would say in the beginning of the year we uh, our church they were really starting to get uncomfortable with the chair Uh, they have uh, they were given to us for free and uh, we we took them but they were worn out i mean it was very clear and so people are starting to get uncomfortable and they looked at me and said well well what are we going to do and i looked at them and i said well all right let's get chairs everyone buys his own chairs and one of his neighbors Maybe. amen <laughs> and that's how he how we finance the chairs so we got 25 30 chairs We pay for it. Well, how did we do that? By the church's money, period. Everybody did on top of their, their tithing in, the, in this case. I, you won't hear me writing a lot about money on, on any prayer mm -hmm. letter because a prayer letter is what the word says. It's prayer. And, and, and if I give a, a begging letter, then, then that's what I'm going to do. But that's a different that's a different thing. And so I want you to know that a church, it doesn't matter what local church there is at, they need to stay, say we want to go to the next level. Because what happens is at one point the missionary is either going to move on, he dies, or he goes back to back home. That's mm -hmm. the three things that it's gonna gonna go. What is that local church gonna do? Ask the next American missionary to come so they can they can be they kept they can be 
they can get the money again. And again, you're you're creating a bad habit. You create. You're going to have a hard time. I'm promising you. If you don't, from the very beginning, tell that church they need to take care of their own church and they need to pay their tithe, you're going to have a hard time. If you think you can come down the road because these people were not ready yet to learn that, they are ready to learn it from the very beginning. Because let me tell you something, we always talk about what is baby Christian things, I mean, what's basic teachings and what is more meat. Tithing and, and missions is nothing, it's not meat. It's basic things because it's simple. There's nothing hard about it. Just tell the people, tell them, that's what we need to do. It says, how do you want to live under this roof? Or, or how do you think we're going we're gonna to do this? I mean, I don't have the money. And, and you're telling them, and so they're learning, they have to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and you're creating, and I tell you, I, I, talk, I mean, again, please take this, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm talking in experience. I'm, I'm watching it for 30 years. And guess what? When we were in Liechtenstein, uh, we, were, um, we were like packed into someone's living room. I mean, that was not a church member's living room. We were packed in there. And we wanted to get a, we wanted to get a building so bad, well, we all paid for it. And I'm telling you this again, we had a church in Liechtenstein of 30 people and, and we brought over 100,000 emissions on top, on top of, of, of paying the building, paying our pastor, paying, paying every, everything we wanted to do. We had a youth, a, a huge uh, youth group ministry going on. Mm-hmm. Guess who financed it? We did. It, it, we learned from the very beginning, you tie, you give into missions. That, that missionary never said, well, let me write a letter and ask some some churches in the state. He, that was never a that was never right. a question. We didn't even know, we didn't even know that 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 is that's even possible. I learned that later on and and observed it, and then I observed the other way of giving people something. And guess what? They've never learned to come over the other side and learn to tithe and give into uh, the church and pay for their own stuff. It just never worked. You cannot talk about this down the road. Once the church, but people sometimes they, they start a church way too soon, get mm-hmm. some families together, teach them the Bible and let them decide, teach them how what a church is. If they have a heart for it, they will want to have a church, but mm-hmm. that's how it should uh, supposed to be. And it doesn't really matter where it is. It's going to be, universally true and by the way what your standard is in the states is not the standard in uganda Mm -hmm. or in germany for that matter it's um everywhere you go you're going to have to have wisdom about uh what kind of finances it takes not only for you to live on the church should operate on the the finances that come into the church and and for that reason the podcast today on uh to get our finance, to get personally our finances in order, we need to have a, we need to need to have an understanding of how money works, and that money, that same concept needs to be instilled into the people that you're trying to teach. Because listen, brother, uh, it's it's not only a problem with missionaries. Obviously, this podcast is from missionaries to missionaries. Everyone that we win on the foreign field, uh, and most people in America, if not all people. When they come into a local church, they don't know how to manage their finances either. This is something that we need to teach our people. And you cannot teach anyone anything if you don't know it yourself. And so, you know, our tithe, you know, obviously here in Germany, they've had a a, they say that 10 percent is an Old Testament commandment. And I tell, you know, I always answer that. And 
and take them back to the book of Acts, chapter two, three, four, and five, and and say, well, you can give a hundred percent if you'd like. You know, if you if you'd like, you can get a hundred percent of your uh, income. So most people settle on ten percent and say that's a that's a good number uh, for their tithe, and then we give to missions. And uh, you have spoken about that in the past and, and where it's possible. And there's been times in my life where I had once I paid my tithe and I had my expenses to live, I didn't have any money left over to the side uh, to put to the side. I didn't have any savings left over. I had to trust in the Lord. But if your riches increase, David said not to set our hearts upon them. And the Bible says that they make wings and they fly away. Uh, so, but if we have riches, if, if we have over and above what we require for a month, what should we be doing with that money? Should, should, do we have an obligation? You know, Jesus Christ said that uh, when he rebuked the wicked servant, he said, you, just, you should have taken that which is mine and given it into the bank, that when I come, I would have mine with interest. And so there's a concept in the Bible of Jesus Christ saying that you've mismanaged my money. You're a wicked servant. And when we talk about finances, most people, you know, I've always made the joke. If you start talking about finances in a church, people will will shift their weight off to the side of whichever pocket they keep their wallet in. And they'll sit on their wallet uh, more steadfastly and uh, they'll they'll guard their money when they're talking about that. I'm not trying to take anyone's money from them. I'm, I'm simply saying that we need to learn how to use our more money more wisely. One day we're going to give an account to the Lord for it, according to the, uh, according to the Bible principle. And for that reason, uh, I believe um, that you should learn how to, if you don't possess the knowledge, then go to someone that does or inform yourself on how to deal with your finances because you should be teaching your local church how to do the same thing. We had we had a case when uh, before I was supported uh, on the mission field here. I was two years. I lived in Germany for two years. So when when I raised my support, when I raised my support, I knew exactly how much money it cost to live in Germany because I had lived here for two years. But I was working with an American military ministry, and uh, it was amazing to see the American soldiers that are just. It's just almost synonymous with a, with an American soldier that they do not know how to handle their money. And so people were coming into church and said, we're just too – we have too many bills. We can't afford to tithe. And it was always frustrating on one side, but also refreshing to work with those people and teach them how to get their finances in order. And I've heard some very, very practical preaching and teaching on, on the deputation uh, from different preachers um, that uh, touched on these subjects. And it really was a blessing to me. And I was able to pass over the years now, I've been able to pass, pass those blessings on to other people. We need to teach our people how to handle their money. Absolutely. Uh, which is, and by the way, it's, I'm just telling you, it has, it, it, this is never happened in any schooling people learn in school mm -hmm. how to read how to do math how to do physics uh, they they learn geometry they don't understand finances at all i'm just telling you this people and i'm talking in general so we move to our personal finances and and one thing that i want to point out you have a couple of dangers or or problems that can happen while you are on the mission field. One thing is the currency can drop, rise and fall. Number two, 
um, churches can drop you, not because they don't like you, just because they have problems themselves. That that those are two things that that are true. Before I go into these specifics, do you know of another of another danger or or or, or of another one that could happen that that can influence your support? I think those are the two. Um, the biggest examples is is the fluctuating markets, uh, finance markets, and um, you know we have gotten to a point here. When I come to the field again, I prayed about my support level. The Lord knew exactly uh, that thirty percent of the United States dollar was going to be weakened against the euro, and I ended up losing thirty percent of my support. I had, uh, I had prayed about. And when that happened, um, it was devastating. We we had a very very hard time for years. We we lived uh, uh, hand to mouth. Uh, whatever we got in, we were waiting on our support to drop. And sometimes uh, the support wasn't enough. Uh, 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 it was it we were lacking. And listen, if God can feed the man of God with ravens at the brook of Kidron. If God can feed a man with ravens, then we can trust in our God that he's going to take care of our needs. Now, God raised up other means, other Christians, uh, and they helped us in tight spots. And I'm eternally grateful for the for that help. Uh, but I didn't write every week and tell people, send me money, uh, or I didn't pick up my family and go back to the States and say, we need to raise more support because the, the euro uh, is strong against the dollar now. Uh, I, I, I found a side job. I, I had to, t- I had to start teaching English, uh, in order to make our ends meet. And I was able to supplement my income, my support with a side job that allowed me to stay on the field. And as I mentioned in my last, in our last podcast, uh, some of our churches, I haven't seen in 18 years. I'm very, very sorry for that. Uh, and I'm very thankful for your support and your prayers. But God has sustained us on the mission field, and it's because I didn't run back to the states every time that we had a financial need. I didn't write in a prayer letter, send us money. I prayed about it, and I looked for opportunities to find a way to bolster our our, our monies. Let me take the first point of currency fluctuation, and I'm just taking the euro dollar uh, for that example. In the mm-hmm. last um, 20 almost 30 years and of course the, the euro we know didn't exist before but i just take the equivalent that was the d mark whatever it was it doesn't matter the point is the the dollar went or the euro to the dollar went as high as 161 which means that basically uh, for one dollar or for for one euro 60 you got one dollar which is bad mm-hmm. for 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 if you uh if you live off from dollars, because mm-hmm. your dollar is really relatively worth uh, worthless compared to the euro at that mm-hmm. point, and that was around 2007. That was before the financial crisis. When the financial crisis hit, the dollar went as low as uh, as uh, almost equal 103. So, it, which meant that was basically basically you got as much uh, uh, euros as you got for the dollar. So, what does that mean? Here is a here is a wisdom that every everybody in finance knows and that is give it 10 to 20 years and it basically equals itself out so whatever gain you made you lost you lost on another period of, of of time now i understand that some people say that that's the devil let me just tell you something that's basic economics 
It's just the economy. That's how the economy goes. And economy is constantly going up and down. That's that's a normal thing. And then that did not just happen uh, the last 10, 20 years since the financial crisis. That is happening ever since the fall of, of Adam. <laughs> you know, it's just a fact. You know, th- th- there are some things that maybe you are saying, I'm a capitalist. I-, I don't care what you are and what you think you are, but that's just basic concepts. So if that's true, here is a, wonderful piece of advice if the dollar is weak compared to your or, or if the dollar is strong compared to when you started that means you're getting extra support right now because the dollar is strong you get more so what you need to do is don't spend the extra Amen. put the extra away do not spend it. And that's what people think. Oh, I got a raise. I'm telling you one thing that is very interesting of, of generally employee. And let me tell you something. As a missionary, you basically have the status of a self-employed. So you need to you need to take the responsibility because nobody is doing it for you. Amen. Most people always think somebody thinks for me. No, you need to think yourself. <laughs> you know, because if you're an employee, then somebody else is thinking for you. Yeah. So so that's obviously not the case. So you need to think ahead. And that means now that you need that you're thinking, most people that are employee, even if they get a raise in their paycheck, they still don't have anything left or more left in the end of the month. You know why that is? Because they spent more. Because right. now they think I have it, I can spend more. I can I can spend different things. You shouldn't do that. Take that money, put it aside. Put it to another a, a special account where you can't see it. And I would even advise you to to invest it smart, but that's another topic. If you let me just tell you this, give you free advice. If you do want to know something about this more in depth, why don't you write me? And you say, well, brother Fry, what 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 kind of gain do you have from that? Nothing. I'm just I like I like missionaries and I like to to help you out. And uh, if I have some knowledge and I give it to you, I give it to you free of charge. So take it or leave it. But the point is, um, put that money away, because when the dollar drops and the dollar will drop, it's just a fact. Then you can you can take from that and you. There is not, it's not going to hurt you. And you don't have to go back to the United States and ask for more money. So that's the, uh, the side for, uh, for um, uh, basically the currency. I don't know. You have anything to add to that? Like I said, um, I, I do not have a background in business um, uh, and finances. Uh, my background is, um, is uh, just common sense and if I ever get around anyone that has any knowledge of money and they they couple that and temper that with a with uh, with a Bible believing uh, mindset, I always take great interest in, uh, and I just close my mouth and listen. Uh, as I said, my dad told me uh, and basically it lines up with Ecclesiastes five when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And, and that's that's the basic law Um if you ever, like you said, you didn't get a raise, you got a blessing and you need to learn how to take that blessing and find out the best way to invest that blessing so that it gives you a return and that you honor God with it. And and that's the best. That's the biblical concept that I see. And that's the um, if, if there's a financial principle involved in there, I think the principle that that we can learn from is is 
something we pointed out here. By the way, we're we're starting today. We're back in a lockdown here in Germany. So a lot of people. One of one of the men in our church uh, is made actually a fairly decent living for himself. Uh, is now uh, at the brink of financial ruin because of these lockdowns. Um, but I think if there's a biblical concept in the Bible. Uh, other than what Christ, uh, speaking of the pounds that he committed to his servants, would be Joseph, um, that he was warned of God, Pharaoh, uh, in a dream. But Joseph gave the concept, and it, and when the times are good, the seven good years, All he right. put back 20%. He put back a fifth part for seven years during the good years. You still live. You still live. And that 20% compounded over seven years is going to enable you while the other people are starving and the other people are selling all that they have, that you're going to have what you needed, uh, need to live on. And I tell our church all the time uh, when it comes to the, I believe that the God of the Bible that loved and, and protected and sought the well-being of the Jew. And we can look at that and we can, Whatsoever things happen aforetime or for our learning and for our admonition, the Bible says there was light in Goshen. Whereas darkness covered the face of Egypt, there was light in Goshen. And we should look at our home and we should look at our local church. And through our practices, we should serve a godly example so that when times get hard, that God can shine his favor on us and that we should we should trust in God, but we should also live as though God's given us enough wisdom to put aside for the times when it gets hard. Joseph did not tell Pharaoh, my God hath revealed unto me, trust and obey. Just trust God. He's going to take care of Egypt. No, he said, put a fifth part back for seven good years where things are going good. You need to plan for the days where it's not going to go good. And that's contradicting the rainy days that my father said, don't, don't forget that, that that's simply a, that's a common sense thing. Uh, you're not to handle your money so frivolously that, that you don't plan for the future that you don't put something back. And some of the things you're putting back is by you investing in other things. There's some things that you could invest in. You could take that money that God's given you. I've heard the concept over and over. God will give more through you than will God, than God will give to you. And if you if you look for ways to take that money and put it into use somewhere in someone's life or someone's ministry or some needful thing that God has opened your eyes to, that is in a sense also you're you're committing that which God has entrusted you into God's bank. You're investing into other other Christians, and it's going to come back to you one day. So that would be my practical advice to it. Yeah, and that's uh, I wanted to go there. The, the Joseph is the best example, and uh, that's uh, the the second point. You know, your your support can be fluctuating because the fact is, you know, churches can get hurt. I mean, mm -hmm. I want to just say the time of this recording was two days before the election. So, so we don't know yet whether Trump or or Biden wins. Out of an economical standpoint, I would I would say that if Biden wins, that's probably not good for 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 the American economy. So, so if that's, that's an understatement, if, well, if that's the case, then then you might get hurt. And the fact mm -hmm. is, here is something that I tell our church: the Lord goes by percentage, and it's very 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 smart to go by percentage. Now you obviously tithe, so you ten percent is is gone. I would suggest whatever you tithe. 
of that two missions, that's another 10%. And then you also put 10% away. So that's that's 30%. So you basically have to budget yourself from 70%. Now, if you mm. want to raise your 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 saving, don't raise your saving without say without raising also your tithe and your missions. So I always put my tithe and missions first. So before I raise my my uh, uh, what I put away um, uh, for rainy days, I raise first uh, my tithe and my 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 missions. So mm-hmm. because I always want to make sure that I love the Lord more. That's how I can make that sure. And of course, that's a very technical approach, but. That's just my approach. The The point that I'm making is you should have ideal, ideally, probably six to 12 months away. And again, if you invest that right, it will compound and it will mm-hmm. compound because right now, put it in the bank is probably a waste of, 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 of anything because they take your money, they use it and they don't even give you anything for it. So, um, so that's just wise. And that's something that Joseph did. Now, if you got this specific call from God that you should only have two weeks in your bank account, then go with that faith. But that also means you trust God Amen. in any time and not trust in your, don't, don't put that in a prayer letter. And don't tell me I trust God, but I trust, but basically I supplement that by, by praise God, I have some supporters who constantly feed me with, with money. So, so again, whatever you do, it, it needs to do right because one thing that I really believe is hurting is this constant begging for more money. Uh, it, it, it's not good. It, it, it's not right. If you need a car, think about this. The supporting church, there is a man in there that supports missions. And he might he might need a car bad, even worse than you do. Right. He, and and he he would love to just quit giving to God, quit giving to missions, so he can pay his car. And he might even ask. He could go around and ask everybody, "Can you can can you give me money for my car?" But he's not doing that. And he still gives into mission. He's still tight. Don't constantly beg for money. If you know you you know your car is gonna break at some point, right? So put the money away so you can buy, you can buy a car. That's don't it. and don't buy the last junk, so that you have to buy every two years a new car. I mean, no. you know what I'm saying. At some point, you need to be smart with it. I mean, I haven't figured that out there with a car because I hate cars because they always depreciate in value. And it's you know, should you buy new? Should you buy used? Uh, that's a, that's a different story. But the point is, buy yourself a car without always begging, and and, and it doesn't matter what you need, because one thing you have to think. Missions and and churches they don't they don't only have you as a missionary. Right. It's missionaries as a whole. And when you when when you're like that, and I, I call it a bit selfish, you're hurting other missionaries and the ones that are that are coming up because they have that much harder right. to really present a need. Because today everything is a need. It seems like, <laughs> I mean, my kid needs a toy. Can you please provide for it? We have absolutely too much need. At some point, we need to come back to the point where this is a real need. Now I'm really struggling. Mm-hmm. Listen, my my everything broke down. My my house got burned. Uh, there were there were outside so, uh, forces. Right. That that brings me now to ask you: Would you pray for me and help me out? That's a different story. But let me tell you something: That doesn't happen every year or every month. Right. 
I was and trained, and, and before, and, and please, you can say, but I was trained when a missionary constantly asks for money, we will drop in. That's how I was trained by my American uh, pastor mm-hmm. uh, who, who was teaching me. I always looked at missions, um, and you spoke of the missionaries coming behind us um, to leave the deputation field, the, fa- the path of deputation, better than I found it. Uh, take into consideration the people that are coming behind you. And, but not only that, brother, I always looked at I, when I went into a church and asked those people to support us, I looked at those people real close and I watched them. And a lot of times I was able to spend extended times with these families and I watched how hard they worked in order to make the money to give to missions. And I always had a very, very hard time begging for money from people just because you're a missionary does not give you the status that you can beg for money. You you said earlier that a, ch- a church member might have a car that's broke down. He could go around beg for money too. He could do it, but he wouldn't get the money because he doesn't have that magic status of being a missionary. And that's how they become the, you know, the moochinary is because they're always mooching off of people. Every time I have a need, I have to tell you about it. When we came to the mission field, I had uh, money saved from our deputation, from the love offerings, and I bought a used v, uh, 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 Volkswagen. I bought a station wagon car that would provide for my family that I took into consideration. We're going to have another child that was big enough for us <laughs> that would serve all of our needs. That car lasted me 12 years on the mission field. I bought it one time. I invested in a used vehicle, and I prayed I prayed heavily about buying a used vehicle. You never know what you're going to get when you get a right. used one. Right. So I prayed about it. And that car lasted me 12 years. I drove it till it fell apart. And a Russian, uh, a Russian German here, he bought the car off of me at, when I got through with it for 1,700 euros. That Russian German that bought my car from me is driving around with my tag still on it. JC777, Jesus Christ, 777. He's still driving with that tag, and now he's now my mechanic, and I'm I'm uh, able to witness to him still uh, because he has my old car. And listen, you need to employ faith into your, into your finances, but you need to uh, handle your money wisely. And you don't need to ruin – the the deputation process for people coming up behind you and don't abuse your status as a missionary is just simply because you're a missionary you can ask for money i've prayed brother and every time the lord is faithful and god is good and how would you ever know that much much less how would you teach anyone that in your local church on the foreign field if you don't have a testimony of how god provided for you without you having told anybody about your need except for God. Pray about it. Ask God to provide. And you have a testimony at the end of that. If you call and ask 10 churches to give you a love offering of a thousand euros because you need because you need 10,000 euros, what kind of a testimony is that? I mean, you don't you don't have a testimony. You just have a you, you just you just took $10,000 out of some other missionary's pocket is what you did. There's extenuating uh, extenuating circumstances that we cannot foreknow. And sometimes we do need to call and we do need help. And praise God that the churches are there for that. But let that be far and few between. I think about one thing, and that is there are people, like you said, there are people who are struggling there, who give, who love to give into missions. But you know what? I don't want to come to the judgment seat of Christ and I'm yes. the cause for somebody leaving 
the church, leaving the Lord because he was so mm-hmm. disappointed at that kind of thing. Um, and that's something you have to think about as a missionary. The fact of the matter is now you are a, an ordained Baptist minister and you should be an example. And these people in, in, in most of these churches that I have seen, they look up to these missionaries and they take them as an example. And if you're that person, you might as well, you might cause a young Christian to, uh, you know, to, 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 that he struggles, that he struggles and maybe even fumbles that he completely backslides. You can cause that. I'm not saying that then it's entirely your fault, but you can cause it by your actions. Mm-hmm. You, you need to think you're an example and, and it's, it goes far beyond just look, uh, what I have a need right now. Do you really need it? You know, most of the times we all have wish lists. Mm-hmm. But like, like I said again, and don't become like that man in, uh, I believe it's in Luke um, 15, I think, where he filled his barns and he built a bigger barns so he can even fill them more. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That, that, see, that's not faith anymore. That's that's called be trying to be super rich. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm talking about. That's that's exactly, and I taught that our church, there is a difference between being smart and putting something up day for rainy days and, and putting and, and then causing or calling it rainy days, but it's not about rainy days. It's about you just want to have overprotection because at that point, you put your trust in your wealth. And when you put your trust in your wealth, that's that's the beginning of a downfall. That's not what we're talking about today. Right. And so we are talking about being here for the long run because by the way, and that's another very important thing, if you put something away or you have a small little side business to meet people and to be able to uh, to to put something away if that's the only way to do it. Guess what? If churches drop you, you can continue continue mm-hmm. the ministry God has called you to do. Or did God call you to just go from church to church to church and raise money and preach? Is that what God called you to do? No problem. But then that's probably not what a missionary is doing. A missionary is doing the job, and sometimes he can, he shouldn't go constantly back and raise more. You need to have that into in order. You have to you have to find yourself a plan. And if you want to, like I said, I offer it again. You can contact us. You can write us. I'll I'll answer you. I'll give you all the advice I can give you. But at some point, you have to understand there are ways around, and the it it should not be. And and it looks to me like okay. Something happened. All right, we need to go back and we need to raise more support. And it's always, we need to raise more support. We need to raise more support. Why is that the only, is that, that's where faith comes in, I believe, at some point. It's not anymore believing in God. And if you have a little side business, guess what? You can also meet new people, new people in in your town, in your area. Two factors, uh, probably from my side, might should have uh, been said from the very beginning. So I hope that that the listener is still paying attention because when we talk about finances uh, and I'm speaking directly to missionaries and obviously the churches that control the purse uh, of the missionaries, uh, there's an important factor not to forget. And that's the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes. And and if that's the case, then we have to be double careful uh, of how we deal with our finances. And the other thing is that um, that 
the Bible also says in the very same chapter, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, that we're not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. And those two things alone uh, do not encompass the entire podcast that we tried to say today, but they're two very important factors. When you're dealing with money, uh, you're dealing with mammon, and obviously we need money to live. A, a local church, a missionary, uh, everything uh, in this day and time, obviously you have to have money to live. But when you're dealing with the raising of funds and when there's no when there's no person in your life that is given a discerning eye to how much money you have, your left is between you and God. You are going to give an account to God for how you spent uh, your mission monies, how you raised your mission monies. Uh, and for that reason, uh, it should be said that we're not to put our trust in uncertain riches. So even if we were to say uh, uh, to save money and lay money to the side, that is not in and of itself a security. You know, the world calls it a hedge fund. Uh, uh, you can't hedge every situation in your life. You're going to have have to depend on the living God. The Bible says, who, give us, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Uh, at the end of the day, brother, the churches that support us, the local churches that distribute the funds, the churches that we start, all of this money flowing and all of this system of, of finance, God has to give us the strength in order to earn it and has to give us the wisdom in order to control it. And if he doesn't do that, we'll make a mess of it. So we need to have faith in our life and coupled with some good common sense, how to good common sense, how to manage your money. And it, it, listen, it's a blessing to the, to the local churches the missionary goes into to raise his support. It's a blessing to that family of the missionary that, that exists on the, uh, uh, the foreign field. And it's a blessing to the, uh, the churches that are started by the missionary because you're able to teach that wisdom unto, unto those people. So I, I truly hope from my side, and I really don't think I have any more wisdom than that to, uh, to give, but I would employ, uh, implore the missionary, uh, the potential missionary, or the one that perhaps has taken advantage of this system in the past, reconsider your ways and, and give God the glory and take into consideration these churches that you go into that you uh, that you're you're fair when you when you leave these churches that you've done a service to them to the Lord Jesus Christ and the missionary following you. You know, I think bottom line is if you want to give, you have to have because if you don't have, you can give. You know, mm -hmm. and um, whatever we talked here, and you're absolutely right, and that should speak by itself. It's the love of money. The money itself, money is money. Money is not right. evil. The love right. of money is evil. When and, and look, it really doesn't matter if you save or if you don't call, don't have another career, and it's called the missionary career. You know, <laughs> people. No, but look, I mean, that's that's what that's what I've seen in these uh, CEOs. You know, that's the love of money because they take ways, they abuse the system in order for them to get more money, to squeeze more money out. And that's when when a lot of things become very, very, in Carmel. a very bad uh, uh, way, you know. And, and you can do that just 
anyhow, you know. Mm. I think what we talk today and we, I want to express this and make it abundantly clear, it's just practical advice, you know. Mm-hmm. You take it or leave it. You can you can say, I, I know it better, I do it differently. That's no problem, you know. But I believe that that you did get some really good advice. And I think it's something that if you employ it, you will have you have a good chance that you um you 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 can you don't always have to worry about that because the la- you have to understand human psychology it's hard enough to be a missionary doing the job now if you have to worry constantly about your finances too on the back yes. of your mind you have to feed your children it's yes. getting even harder to to do the job because you're you're focusing now always about money constantly Absolutely. the money is subject and and then you you have to break cut corners just so you can somehow get more money and that's 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 a bad place to be amen, amen. I, I i believe that wholeheartedly and it's a it's a great distraction and it's 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 a heavy load for the for the local churches to bear and it's a distraction uh, if you have no money uh, but um, the wisdom, uh, the wisdom is in the balance of, of of praying about these things and hearing some practical advice and implementing them, and and that's just wisdom. And I pray that I pray that the podcast was a blessing to to everyone that heard it, and I pray that it would start being implemented, and that we could raise up a a generation of missionaries and local churches to to take this uh, system of deputation of supporting missionaries to go to a foreign field very, very seriously, and that uh, we can do something that's sustainable. I mean, that's the new, that's the buzzword uh, in the world today is sustainability. And I'm looking, if the Lord tarries, uh, I'm looking for churches, I'm looking for missionaries that have a concept of finance that we can do this and that we'll have the funds available and that it'll be sustainable that we can continue in this work that God's called us to. It's a, the greatest work on the face of the earth and that God would give us wisdom to do it. And I hope that uh, something we said today was a blessing to you. Amen. Amen. I agree with that. And uh, by that, we leave it right now. Well, let's pray and um, I'll ask the Lord for, for blessing uh, all of you. Father, I pray that you help us to, to do this uh, work that you have called us to do and uh, do it with with, with uh, lots of wisdom, Father, because we do need wisdom. Solomon asked for wisdom and I have to do the same. And Father, I pray that you give us wisdom how to handle our own finances, church's finances, Father, how to handle the ministry as a whole. And Father, I pray that maybe these people uh, can get a blessing out there and can get some practical, practical advice for themselves. Father, I pray that you... Uh, uh, give each and every one uh, some help and uh, father we pray that you uh bless uh bless us uh, father and uh, pray that you uh that you come back soon and take us home in jesus christ we pray amen amen you've listened to two and two missionaries this podcast is by missionaries for missionaries we hope you received a blessing today please support our podcast by subscribing to it and most importantly Share with your friends and other people who you believe will get a blessing of our podcast. There will be a new episode each Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central European Time. We hope you have a good week and may the Lord bless you.